Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties listen to the questions you have. We find pros in the know to help you learn. And connect with our amazing VO community. Welcome, Welcome to, to VO, VO Booth Besties. Besties. Woohoo! It's Monday, like somebody said in the chat. Welcome, everyone, to VO Booth Besties. Like our intro said, we're here to help working voice actors get your most important questions answered by industry pros who know. Each week, we'll have a new topic and a guest speaker who is an expert on that topic. You can submit your questions through our website, boothbesties.com, and we'll do our best to include them in our interview. A quick bit of housekeeping, in order to stay on topic and get as many of your questions answered as we can, we're actually gonna keep the hand raising turned off. However, the chat will remain open, and this week I will be monitoring that. Now, without further ado, let's meet our guest. Over to you, JT. Thanks, NJ. This week, we are thrilled to interview Deborah Sperling. Deborah Sperling is an internationally renowned VO artist and coach. Throughout her career, Deborah has been the voice of hundreds of national television campaigns for top brands like Charmin, Cascade, Pampers, Maybelline, Folgers, JCPenney, Band-Aid, Sears, and many, many more. Deborah is also a huge player in the promo world. Having been the voice of the Oxygen Network, as well as the voice of WeTV, with ongoing promo gigs for NBC, PBS, USA, HBO, and Discovery, and I want to be her when I grow up. <laughs> as a coach, Deborah's internationally acclaimed authenticity and voiceover class has been praised as an absolute must for both the novice and the seasoned pro. You're up, baby. Deb, I am so excited to talk to you. This is literally, I begged for the privilege of being the one to interview you because we've worked together and I am really excited to share all of the things. So let's start off with an easy question. Well, we'll see if it's easy. Everything these days from commercial scripts to medical narration seems to be screaming authentic and conversational. Like we can't get an audition without seeing those words, non-announcery, authentic authentic, conversational. You've been in this business long enough to have seen this change happen. So tell us, what do you think caused this change and why? Was it a sudden thing or like a gradual shift? Hi. Hi, Alicia. Hey. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, huh. uh, in answer to that question, I believe it actually was a gradual shift. Um, and I'd like to believe that even back in the day, as I like to say, even when things were quote unquote, completely announcery, that the people that were booking the jobs were the ones that were able to bring their authentic selves to that read, even under the, uh, the quote-unquote guys of this is a this is not an authentic read or here we are and you know I, I don't even like to my brain when it goes back to what those days were um, sometimes technically you would have very very specific directions on what to do in that technical read as an announcer and I still hold the belief that even back then going far back Having your authentic self come through in those reads, even within the constraints of the technical announcer read, is what brought it through and got you the job. 
And I also think what has, I like to believe what has brought this about is I believe the, re- the, the world needs more authenticity in it right now, always, but specifically right now. And um, it's really, it's really a wonderful thing to be able to be there and be a witness when someone feels grounded and comfortable enough to bring their authentic self to the copy and what joy they have in doing the work. I like to call it play and what joy we all have in listening, really listening. Because when a human being is really talking and really communicating, we actually really listen. And it's, it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. It's being in your masterclasses and hearing that happen has been some pretty powerful moments. So tell me, what does this term authentic really mean in voiceover? Because, I, you know, I remember first seeing those in, that word in the specs or conversational and being like, I, what, do you, what do you mean? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, it, it means being able to tap into and feel free enough to allow your authentic self to come out. And that is not, unfortunately, it's not always an easy thing to do because there is something in us in the human condition, whether it's the world getting us down or just just being a human being and allowing ourselves to be vulnerable. It, uh, Sometimes it can just, it can get you and people can close up and feel, who am I? Who am I? I say for myself, who am I, Deborah Sperling, to hit record and pick up a script and believe that I am enough. Believe that me, who I am as a human being authentically, who am I to think that just being me is enough for someone to pay me $200, $2,000, $200,000, $2,000,000. And my thought is $2 million, the only reason, the only reason you're getting that, I believe, or worthy of that is because you're giving the gift of your authentic self in the work. And that's the beauty of it. I mean, you're, you're this unique being and you've never existed before. You will never exist again. Who you are from the day you were born until right now, every relationship you've ever had, all your cuts and bruises, everything you've ever gone through that makes you this amazing, captivating, beautiful person. That is your gift. That is your beautiful, absolute gift that you have to give every time you hit record. And for me, it's not about, am I stressing the right word when I'm talking? Because in real life, when we talk, we don't stress the words we really want to push. We're just relaxed and connected and actually speaking. And that's the reason we all lean in and listen and That's the beauty of your individual gifts. I also firmly believe you're never competing with anyone else for a role. 
I just think you're competing with yourself. I don't even want to say the word competing, but if I were, I would say you're competing with yourself just to be the most authentic you that you could be. And every time you hit record, if you think, I get an opportunity to give the gift of me and be in this space and take a breath and give that out to the universe. And I think there's a ripple effect in that that can help make the world a better place. But I'm, I'm going to keep on talking unless you cut me off. So cut me <laughs> off. <laughs> you, you know, I could, I could go on and on about this. It's just, it's so beautiful and fascinating and exciting to me. Yeah, and it's so needed. You know, we we hear so much conversation about, um, oh, when I'm lit, like from casting directors that, that we hear the same read, the same read, the same read, the same read, and you're supposed to do something to stand out. And we're always looking for this, like, well, how can I change my read so I stand out? But what stands out is being ourselves and being different from the crowd. Yeah. So, Deb, yeah, <laughs> what what's the formula? that I can use to get me to this authentic read? How can I make myself sound like they want me to sound? What, like, how can I find that? And you can, you can tell the story of this question if you like. <laughs> I'm going to let you tell the story of this question. But uh, the thing I love about this question that I get all the time is, there's the rub, my friends. What is the formula? What is the formula to get it right? And unfortunately, the second your brain goes to that place, you are cutting off all of your instincts inside of yourself to allow yourself to play. The second your brain goes to, how do I get this right? This thing in front of us, this microphone, I'm talking in my microphone right now, the microphone picks up everything, my friends. It picks up everything. It picks up when you are anxious. It picks up when you are trying to get something right. It picks up, I'm trying to hit this word right now. I'm going to go up at the end of this sentence, and then I'm going to go down at the end of this sentence. And that's what it picks up. But the other thing that it really picks up, which is so beautiful, is it picks up your confidence. It picks up your freedom. It picks up your joy. And all of that, it picks up your authentic self. So what is the formula? I don't think there is a formula. In my class, what I try to create is a very safe, sacred space where we can do an exercise. And I say it's one exercise. You can do one exercise that allows you to feel what it feels like to be connected and be free and not in a place where you're just trying to get something right. Because for me, now this is, uh, this is not a popular view per se, but everything I'm saying is obviously just my opinion. Uh, my opinion is that it is absolutely, positively, none of your business how the words are coming out of your mouth. In voiceovers, yeah, I believe wow. it is. <laughs> I'm sorry, none... I interrupt. <laughs> no, I, I'm. Yeah, none of your business. <clears throat> the second for me, the second that you start focusing on how am I saying these words, is the second we stop really listening. 
For instance, speaking to you this entire time, I have not been thinking for one second about how I was allowing these words to come out of my mouth. And if I were and I were pushing them, I don't think you'd be listening to me in the same way. (laughs) Because me to say, I don't think you would be listening to me in the same way, honestly, is so much more powerful than me saying, I don't think you'd be listening to me in the same way. Because that's bullshit and nobody talks like that. And if you get to a place, which is what I try to do in my class, is create an environment where you can feel for the first time what it feels like to not be focused on how are these words coming out of my mouth. Because in my opinion, if you think about it, if let's say there, let's say there is a formula, Alicia. Let's say there's a formula. Underline this word, say the product this way, go up at the end, hit this word, make sure you press on that word, all of it. And you have 500 people auditioning and 490 of them are doing that formula. They're going to hear 490 people stressing it in the right way, the formulaic way. And then all of a sudden, they're going to hear you. And you, you, you are so much more valuable and beautiful by being your authentic self than you could possibly be by trying to get something right. Amen. <laughs> I, I'm like, I have so many words. <clears throat> Let's see. It just, it's hard to, it's hard to follow you, Deb. <laughs> you have you have so much beauty in this message. Um, I wanted I do want to tell a little bit about where I came from when I first took your class. So I, I would love I would love that because I do I talk about you to my classes when so especially when someone's what I call the Alicia box when someone's <laughs> sitting, which I think is very uh, is a wonderful story to tell, especially because people might think, oh well, Alicia's interviewing Deb and Alicia's Deb's biggest fan and and Alicia I am. Uh, but but at the same time, you were the first person that came up against me in such a real way in class. And I love that. So, yes, I'm going to mute myself and let you tell this beautiful story. <laughs> well, I have I've done a lot of training with a lot of people and I love formulas. I'm a, I'm a, not a, even a math person, really, but I love when I can figure out the formula to put it all together. And I took Deb's class and I sat there and I just kept trying to figure out how I was going to make what she was saying happen. What were the steps I was going to take? What was I going to do? How was I going to, (laughs) and I was missing the boat, you guys. And I finally, I like, I raised my hand and I said, I just, I just don't see, I just don't get it. Like, I just don't get it. Um, And she's like, yeah, I can see that you don't. And um, here is why. And she had me read, and not in that exact moment, but in in a little bit later, she had me read. And I was reading a um, a breast cancer script. I remember specifically that it was a script about breast cancer. And I was reading it like we're supposed to read it. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da in my head, right, following the formula. And she brought me to a place where I was able to tap into an emotion inside of myself because I had actually had a breast cancer scare not long before that. And it 
brought me literally to tears. And anybody who knows me or has met me in real life knows I am not a crier. I do not cry. And I I cried. And I'm like, how did you make me cry? Like, and she said, I didn't make you anything. Like, that's just what was it authentically in you. So I think it's really easy to approach this like I did with that kind of cynicism almost of, but, but everyone else is saying, you know, like pick your words and focus on this. And how are you coloring the words? And what are you doing here? And what are you doing there? And that was a really powerful moment for me to recognize that I could just talk. Now, for me, when I began to take this journey towards becoming more authentic, I stopped worrying about a few things that I had been worrying about for so long. One was getting a, like, I was taking my reads and cutting them up into pieces and getting this perfect sentence here and this perfect sentence here. I know she's like, this perfect sentence here. And she's like, don't do that. Get a clean take. Get one clean take. Like, quit breaking it up. And the other thing was my breathing. My breathing was struggling and, and it was, ha- I was having a hard time going oh, too fast. Oh, oh, can I, can I jump on this? Yep. Can I jump it's on this? You. Okay. Okay. So if, if, if guys, if you, I could put in front of you right now, and maybe some of them are even on here on Clubhouse, but Club, Clubhouse, Clubhouse, and I could put in front of you 30, 40, probably 50 casting directors and engineers in this business working every day that will tell you, oh my gosh, do not process your auditions. Do not cut out your breaths. Do not normalize anything. And someone will say, okay, well, first of all, okay, so I'm talking to you right now, all of you. And for those of you who have been moved by anything that I've said so far, what I will tell you is you would never have been moved by it if I went through a replay for this and cut out all my breaths. Because we're human beings and we breathe. So then the question is, okay, but then I'm here and I'm reading and then <gasps> I have one of those because I've, I have a really long sentence and I, <gasps> and what do I do about those? Do I just lower them? Do I cut them out? What do I do? Well, my answer to that is if this is happening, <gasps> you're not really talking. And it's a wonderful tell because I can go on and talk for probably 20 more seconds right now without taking a breath. And if I take one here, that was it. (laughs) And it wasn't, (gasps) because I'm just speaking and I'm here. So rather, rather than having just something to think about, rather than having cutting out the breaths be a thing you do in auditions, Maybe think about, wow, maybe if I was actually connected and really talking, (gasps) that wouldn't appear and that wouldn't be there. And the other thing I want to say is this thing I'm talking about, about being your authentic self, brings about the most beautiful freedom. So if any of you have ever felt oh God, I have 10 auditions I have to get through that are just sitting there. I want to go to bed, but I have 10 auditions or uh, any of that. Oh, that must suck because you've been invited to this party and there should be such, not should, I hate should, but But imagine what it would be like to just feel the joy and gratitude of, oh my gosh, I have 10 auditions that I get to play with. And I can't wait to hit record. 
and an excitement and a freedom of not, okay, let me take this script. Let me mark up this. Let me make sure I get this right. Let me da 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 Because that reads on the mic. And if that's what your life is, even if you were making mega money doing this, would it really be worth it if at the end of the day you're still spending so much time auditioning? I audition a lot every day, even though I have all this stuff running and I have this and I have that and you can look at my resume. I audition all the time. I love it. And if I didn't, I would not be able to do this anymore because that is what makes up most of my life. It's a huge part of my life is this audition process. And if it wasn't filled with freedom and joy, then what's the end game? I just always ask people that. What's the end game in everything you're doing? Because at the end of the day, the end game is really, are you enjoying your life? And for me with this work, are you giving the gift of yourself? Because honestly, you are the only person that can give that gift. The only person that has ever existed or will ever exist in all of time. You're the only person. So why, why deprive that of the world that needs you? Because you're the only one that can give that gift. And how special and beautiful is that? And if you come to your work with that, wow. Wow for you as an artist, and wow for the people that are listening to your audition or the people that are listening to your spot. And how that ripples out into the world is just beautiful. It really is. You know, when, you, when you're listening to the radio and, <clears throat> or to a TV commercial and one of those spots hits where you can just connect with the person, it makes all the difference. So, Deb, could you take us into the booth with you? You just got a new script. What do you do? How do you approach that? How do you approach that script? Well, <laughs> the first thing I do <laughs> is I get my script and I, well, I print it because I, for me, and this is a personal thing, for me, I like paper. Uh, I've always had this thought that maybe we'll go back to studios <laughs> and auditions in person with our wonderful casting directors. And I will tell you that no casting director has ever handed me an iPad after I signed in and told me to sit down in front of a mic. So, so I, print out, I print out my scripts uh, and before I do anything, I hit record. Right now in my booth, by myself, I wouldn't necessarily, well, I would not do this at all if, if it were the days where we were lucky enough to be with casting directors. But now that we're not, for me, getting out of your head is the most important, beautiful thing. And what I do is I hit record, I take a breath, I flip over my script, and I allow myself to slowly discover what's on the page. And the crazy thing about that is I don't even read it to myself first, because if I were to read it to myself, 
consciously or unconsciously, I would start making decisions about how to do the voiceover right. So to protect myself from that, I hit record and I allow myself to just discover the text for the first time. And because we are alone in our booths right now, guess what? You don't have to send it. So everything can be done with that freedom. I don't have to send that take. Crazy thing is, is more often than not when I book a spot, it's that first take that books it. Because something happens in the discovering of, I don't know what the next word is. And when you hear it, it's you're speaking for the first time. Like I'm talking to you, Alicia, right now. I don't know what the next word is out of my mouth. It just, it comes. It just comes and I'm kind of discovering it while I'm speaking. And that happens. And it's not, it's not a fake thing. I'm not pretending anything. I'm just doing nothing but allowing myself to be in the moment. And then after that read, what I do is I make a choice. I make a choice of who am I talking to that I'm very connected to, a real person in my life right now. And what am I using these words to do to them actively? And that, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation that <laughs> is what I spend three and a half hours diving into in, in class. But I mean, you can, you can take that from, from there being in masterclass because that's what I take you guys through is you got this audition and you have 10 minutes to turn in two takes. What do you do? You're by yourself. Go. Yeah. For those who don't know, when you take Deb's class, she has you, she, you don't read your scripts before. You're not preparing scripts to read for her. You're reading them cold, which is super fun. Well, oh, and ma well, in masterclass. In the masterclass. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So you read, so do you read the specs? Oh, yeah. I never did. Uh, once again, I'm, I'm, I'm really talking about so much of this work, well, all of this work work developed uh, during the pandemic of we're alone, we're here, we're in our studios, we're by ourselves. What do we do? How do we keep it fresh? How do we stay authentic? How do we get that energy? We're not, there's no casting director saying, hi, Deb, how are you? Oh my gosh, how's Logan? La, 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 la. All right, just like, yeah, let me just throw one down and we'll take it from there. And that beautiful energy isn't there right now. So what do you do? So for quite some time, I was like, no, I'm not going to read the specs. And that's a whole nother conversation very quickly. What I'll tell you is they don't know what they want. And if you're only going to do the first take first, my advice was always don't don't read the specs. If they're going to tell you we want Emma Stone mixed with Viola Davis, we want something that's energetic but yet warm. We want you to be <laughs> totally uh, conversational, but at the same time, make sure you push every point that's important. And like blah 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 blah. This and this and this and this and this. And your brain is going, how do I make all this right? And then some of you actually Google Emma Stone and Google Viola Davis and try to do an impersonation of them. My belief is that when they put those people down, it has nothing to do with the tone of their voice. It has to do with how they make you feel when they're speaking, when you're in their presence. How do you feel? And they're saying, this is how I want to feel when I hear you. So for my first take, I always just allowed the words to guide me and it's just a beautiful thing. And then one day about 
a year ago, year and a half ago. It was early in the morning. I got up. There's my script. Hit record. Turned over the script. Didn't look at the specs. Allowed myself to discover it. And you, for me, I know. I hit stop and I was so not aware of being in the words or acting anything. I just I just knew that it was authentic and real and I felt like, yeah, can't wait to just send that out. And then I read the specs. <laughs> and literally, it said something to the effect of absolutely positively under no circumstances does the producer want any rasp in the voice. And I was like, fuck, excuse my language. Because if I had just gazed at the specs for red flags and I had seen that, I personally would have left my studio, done one exercise to get all the rasp out of my voice, which I can do in 30 seconds. And I would have come back in and just gone through the same exact thing. I wouldn't be thinking about the rasp in my voice when I was on the mic because then that would all, that would be the only thing you would be hearing. But I would have left my studio clean that out, felt clear, and I would have come in, picked up the script, and I probably would have given that same beautiful read, except it would be a read that I could turn in without getting, you know, a big red X of never submit to us again because you cannot follow direction. So, yeah. So read that first authentic read, then scan the specs, and then... That's what I do. That's that's yeah. what I do. I mean, I, I also really encourage people, study with as many people as you can and fill up your voiceover toolbox. I teach what works for me. I also teach what has worked for many people that I've worked with in terms of feeling more free and getting more work and enjoying the whole process more. I encourage you to study with casting directors that are working for so many reasons. They have jewels you will not get anyplace else. And they are the ones that give you the jobs. They are also the ones they could hear you and the next day a breakdown could come right across their desk and they could think, oh, wow, Alicia, I heard her last night. Yeah, she was in class. She's perfect for this. So it's wonderful for connections. It's wonderful for the gems. Study with as many people as you can. And the other thing I'll say is when you give someone your money, you are free. And I encourage you to ask as many questions as you want. You can ask someone, what are you doing in the business right now? You can say, if they're a VO person, you can say, is, can I hear you on the air right now? And I'm not, I'm not suggesting that people that you can't hear currently do not have something to give. I'm absolutely not suggesting that. But what I'm saying is, if I were to be teaching this class 15 years ago or even 10 years ago, it would be a disservice because what I do now in booking jobs is different than what I did 10, 15, even five years ago, even three years ago. So you have the right to ask questions. You have the right to say, can I call some of the people that have taken your class? Just, just, just know it's your money and yeah, study with as many people as you can and don't be afraid to ask questions before you give someone your money. That would be, that would be my advice. That is 
spot on advice because I have given my money to people I wish I hadn't. Uh, JT, do you want to reset the room really quick? Alicia, I also, I also want. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I also want to at some point answer the question about the about um, hearing spots on TV. We're gonna get there. Okay. <laughs> All right. It looks like we are at the half hour, so let's do a quick room reset. If you've just joined us, we are Booth B O Booth Besties. I can talk tonight. Our goal is to help working voice actors get their most important questions questions answered. My goodness, by an industry pro. Who knows? Today, we're joined by Deborah Sperling, voice actor and coach, discussing the importance of authenticity in voiceover. Thanks for joining us. And oh, just real quick, um, the hands up feature is off for tonight. So if you do have any questions, please feel free to put them in the chat and we will get to those as soon as we can. Back to you, A.B. Awesome. All right. Let's cover that. We're going to start questions now. And I thought I would start with my own question because... When I hear authentic and conversational and I audition for a spot and I think I nailed authentic and conversational, then I hear that final ad later on. Sometimes it is definitely not conversational or authentic sounding. And I'll bet we have all experienced that if we've had a commercial that we then later heard the person that was hired for it for. So can you speak to that? Yeah, yeah. So your audition is a job interview. Your audition is what they are hearing that's going to make them go, yes, this is the person I want to work with. Maybe they're hitting play on 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 500 different auditions. And once again, going back to what's going to make you stand out, you, beautiful you. So let's say they hear beautiful you and there you are. And you get the job from this beautiful, authentic read that you gave something that they said, gosh, I want to be in a room, whether it be virtual or not. I want to be in a room for a half hour, an hour, 90 minutes with this person and work with them because I feel something from them. It really comes down to them feeling something from you, not what word you stress. It's what they feel from you. So then you get the job and you have the job. What I will tell you is if you were to listen to all the things you hear me on, on television, and I were to play you all of the auditions that got me those jobs, you would never think that the two were the same. Not saying that it's not the real person, same person, not saying that there, there's not authenticity in both. But once you have the job, guys, some jobs I do, I'm in a room with the director, the producer, virtual or not, the director, the producer, the copywriter, the pharma stuff I do, there's a full legal team, (laughs) the clients who is paying for this, by the way, and paying for your everything. They're paying the advertising agency. Even if the creative director is absolutely in love with you and picked you, the client still has the wallet (laughs) at the end of the day. So I could be in a booking and I'll have 15, 20 different voices coming at me of what they want. And right then, it's my job to give them exactly what they want and still stay true to myself, infuse that authenticity into it, even even with the constraints of technically what they want, make it my own, make it real, right? But it's not necessarily what got me into the room. 
So I just, I just want to say that so that you realize that next time you see the spot you auditioned for on the television and you go, oh, I can't believe if I would have just done a read that was more, blah, <laughs> I would have gotten that job. And if you could contact that person that's going, blah, they will probably tell you that, hey, here's the audition that got me the job. Now listen to what's on TV and listen to what got me the job. And you will hear a very big difference. And I just think it's an a very important thing that people don't talk about enough. I really love your analogy of a job interview because when you get hired for a job, they've often interviewed multiple other people who are all capable of doing the job, right? Like we're all capable of doing the job. They're hiring you for who you are. Yeah. So when you go into these auditions, you're trying to show them who you are. They know you're capable. I mean, yeah. most of us, and, most of and, us. And, and the way you show them who you are is by leaving yourself alone and allowing yourself to be. I, so something I, I always like to bring up is for those of you that know The Graduate, it's even before my time, so I'm sure it's before most of your times. But um, Dustin Hoffman went into that audition and he was probably the exact opposite of what that character was on paper suave, debonair, uh, just out of college, can just, you know, an older woman just falls at their feet, blah, 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 blah. Dustin Hoffman went in and did an audition so unique and captivating and authentic that he literally rewrote in their minds who this character was. That is the power that you have. So when I say I take a minute and don't focus on the specs, you get to give the gift of you. And when you realize how powerful that is, when you can authentically be free and play in that, you have the power to change people's minds I have a, an, an agent uh, on the promo side that will submit me for things all the time that it's a, it's a men only. <laughs> it's men mm -hmm. only. And then I wind up getting the job. <laughs> so you, you have the power to change people's minds when you are the beautiful, authentic person that you are and you give that gift. You know, that's Leslie and, Jordan did that the comedian um, who recently died, strong Southern accent, very um, gregarious. But when he was on Will and Grace and played Beverly, just like what you were saying, Deborah, he was for a female role named Beverly. And they right. kept to the, and rewrote it as well because he was charismatic. He was fun to work with. There was, there was a lot of energy and just positive vibe that came with it. And, sure they'll change it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And for those of you that know, I mean, I don't think this is a secret, but for those of you that audition in New York, uh, Grace was based on Janet Eisenberg. Uh, and they couldn't make her casting director in the actual show because people didn't really know enough about what a casting director was. But that character is is fully based on Janet Eisenberg. 
That's funny. NJ, do we have any questions in the chat? We do. I'm going to start from the bottom up. So Maria asked very simply, you talked about cleaning out the rasp. Uh, you have a process for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I, I can't do it on the mic because you would, you would, I'd, I'd blow your eardrums out. It is, uh, it's a thing that I learned in, in grad school that is, um, if you, without doing the sound, if you allow your voice to go up into your nasal passages and make, let me move my mic away. Hold on. Let me see what I can do here. <laughs> Hold on. And you allow, if you allow it, it's almost an N-Y sound. And you squish your face together. And you you allow, gosh, it's what makes my husband leave the house, to be, to be quite honest. Because I won't do this in the stu in my booth. I Anything technical, I do outside of my booth. My booth is a place where I'm not thinking where I just allow myself to play. So I do it outside my booth. But it is, um, it's a, it's a, yeah, yet something like that. And you just, if you put your fingers by your nose and you allow that to live, it will help open your upper register and it will also help clean out your throat. And if you want to do this in your lower register, you can also shake your body, tap your chest with, ah, ah, <clears throat> and it and it, it can bring your voice down into your chest as well. I find the upper resonance and clearing out your sinus passages and opening that up for me personally is what clears out the rasp in my in my throat. Not sure if that's completely helpful. It's it's something I I did a lot when I was doing shows, but um, no, that's great. It gives it gives some direction, some exercises people can try. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Nathan, he asked this question early on, but I think we'll be able to figure it out. How do you apply that kind of mentality to things like audiobooks when you're discovering characters? So I think this was really that when we were talking about not trying to overanalyze scripts and, you know, really just kind of come into it. And again, that quote, unquote, discovery process. Can you speak to how that you could apply that to audiobooks? Or maybe you can't when you're really I can't. I absolutely, I absolutely positively cannot. I don't listen to audiobooks. I've never done an audiobook. I have no knowledge of audiobooks whatsoever. So I'm, I will never answer a question I don't know the answer to. I will just say I'm not the person to okay. answer it, unfortunately. No, that's, that's all right. We appreciate the honesty. That's Guys, again, we've said this, um, if you're new, the number one thing, our goal with VO Booth Besties is we're trying to cut through the noise, the misinformation, the not quite exactly right information, and the speakers that we have are not only credible and reputable, but they are honest and forthcoming with information, and that's what we need right now. And so we appreciate that, Deborah, a lot. Um, how about, Jim asked, how do you feel this authenticity plays into an expanding AI world? Yeah, that's also um, uh, my belief, and maybe it's uh, ignorant. I don't think it is. I mean, AI can't do what I do. I don't believe, I mean, it gets me, uh, it gets me emotional in a really wonderful way. I don't believe that AI can do what any of you can do when you're really giving the gift of yourself. AI doesn't have a soul. I don't care how much 
I mean, it can literally take and reproduce exactly what I'm saying right now, note for note, and you will not feel the same way you feel as me talking to you. Because what you hear and what you feel is my soul. So it may be, it may be ignorant on my part, but it, as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't scare me. All right. We appreciate that um, for sure. All right, Alicia, uh, A.B., we're going to circle back to you. Okay. Hey, Alicia, I know you said don't like you don't have to look at the questions. <laughs> I know. But but I there, there's one and I just want to I'm trying I, I want to understand what she's asking. Can I? Is it Casey? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, you can. Yes. What what? what um, yeah. So you take it, Alicia, if you want to read it for those that aren't on, on okay. the chat. So she says, I struggle to reconcile the goal of authenticity with the format of most classes and coaching sessions. The advice we're given is to follow our instincts and not beat the text to death, but the structure of all the classes and coaching sessions I've done are anti—I don't know how to say that—antithetical, antithetic. Yep, that to that advice. You got advice. it right. You got it right. <laughs> um, and then she says, "Can you talk more about how your classes are structured?" So, but I think really the the gist of it is, how do we um, how do we kind of put away all the things that we're learning in all these other classes because. They do say follow your instincts, but then they're also saying don't follow yeah. your instincts. Yeah, I don't. Um, I can't speak, uh, Casey. I really, really love that question. I can't speak to other uh, coaching because I've I haven't been in them, and I'm not sure what what people are teaching. Uh, I know for what I do, it is what I, what I try to do is create a space where you leave with the feeling of what it feels like to be connected to the text in a very different way. And what I do know is when people walk away from my class, they don't pick up, they never pick up a script the same way again, only because there's almost this, uh, Alicia, what is it? There's this, there's this thing that just, I don't want to, it's not like a bullshit meter because it's not you listening <laughs> to yourself. It's a feeling. It's just, it's just a feeling of knowing, well, now I'm pretending to talk. Now I'm doing that, that, that thing, that little uh, st- stutter thing I do to try to pretend that I'm, I'm, I'm really talking that so many people do. And you don't actually stutter in real life, all of you that do that. And when you do that, it, it doesn't convince anyone that you're really talking or trying to reach for a word. In my opinion, it's just manipulative. <laughs> and when you're, when you're connected and you're authentically there, you're actually more free and open to really speak clearly than you ever have been before, because there's a reason you want those words to come out of your mouth. But back to the question... Uh, I, I almost, I, well, I don't want to know, but I almost do want to know. I, I hate that you've been, that you've been in that situation where you, you're being told something and then something else. For me in class, it is, I try to remove people completely from what the words mean, which goes back to my exact thing that, that one of the gens said, what? Uh, where I believe it's none of your business how the words are coming out of your mouth. And the second that you're focusing on that, we all stop listening to you. So well, I can tell you also from experience, and I know people down um, down below have experienced this. And I think 
my guess, I'm making assumptions on your part, Casey. We're told to analyze the script. I mean, we're told in these classes, analyze it, do the breakdown of the copy. I mean, this isn't this isn't magical stuff. You know, this isn't fantasy stuff. This is absolutely what we're all learning. Now, it may be in different styles, if different genres of VO. Yeah, like we were talking about audiobooks. That's that's going to be a different copy breakdown situation. When I'm doing animation, yeah, I can't just freely, you know, just <laughs> willy nilly. Like I do need to see you know, how this character develops the setting, et cetera. So I can see where she's coming from. Yeah. All coaches are very more yeah. thinking. So I can see that. So one yeah. of the things that Jen Tafoni asked, and I think this is just fantastic, you had to, you didn't just always do this. Or maybe you did, but if you didn't, what was your aha moment to go, I got to break this mental this mental block, this where I'm analyzing or I'm thinking too much. Like, yeah. how did you get to this place of freedom, discovery, and authenticity? Okay, great question. Uh, I do believe that always in my work, I've been able to, and I'm so grateful. I'm just so grateful for this life, like beyond, which is why I'm just grateful to be here tonight because this is accessible to everybody. I do believe that on some level, I've always felt free enough and I want to say confident enough, uh, vulnerable enough to bring, to bring myself to the work. But this aha moment, as you say, the way in which we approach things to break it down, it, it, it really started during the pandemic of, I mean, I always coached and I was always teaching and doing workshops, but when we were alone and we all started to feel so isolated and I've, because of promo work, I've had my booth for 10 years. So even like three years before the pandemic hit, I was getting auditions that's, that said this only should go out to people that have their own, you know, recording studio with Source Connect. So it it wasn't about it wasn't about the booth it was about the isolation and things started to to happen during the pandemic um i'm not calling anybody out specifically but i did see on social media a lot people hanging a shingle or all of a sudden someone who's been doing this for a year said, oh, I'm coaching, you know, give me $250 for an hour and I'll teach you how to do voiceovers or whatever it was. And it was really upsetting. And we were alone and I missed the connection and I missed teaching. And I started these workshops and these classes and I learned through what we were doing in class. And the basis of everything, of who am I talking to and what am I using these words to do, there was always a conscious and, and also unconscious uh, way in which I always approach things with that. I wasn't, I was never a person that marked up a piece of copy and, and put, hit this word or do that. I, I would never book anything if I did that. For me, it was glancing at it and going in to a casting director and just trusting those instincts and allowing myself to 
to be. And then the question came, how do we allow ourselves to just be and have that energy and feel that freedom when we're isolated, when we're alone, and we don't feel anything creative coming at us? How do we not listen to ourselves and underline stuff and try to push stuff? How do we feel that we're enough? How do we do that? And that's how this work was born. So it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily an aha moment. It, it's just such an amazing gift that has happened through so many classes and just this work evolving and me learning more from the people that I'm working with than they learn from me. And, uh, I, I mean, my, honestly, my, my only goal in all of it, in classes or in coaching is, how do I get you to a place where you absolutely don't need me <laughs> as quick as possible? How do I get you to a place where you can appreciate how fucking beautiful you are? <laughs> like, just by being you, how, how, how do we get to that place? where you can take a breath and appreciate yourself and give that gift because it's not just about voiceovers for me. It's about the community. It's about how it ripples out into the world, how you leave your studio and you interact with your husband or your daughter, or your friends and that confidence and that beauty of who you are that radiates out and ripples into the entire universe. And we need that more than ever now. I love that. What if we went into every audition believing that we could change the world a little bit with our with our voice? Yeah, and people think that's crazy when I talk like that. It's like, oh, well, I'm doing a commercial for Pampers, and then and then there's that. And so, okay, you can pick up a script and go, okay, I'm doing a commercial for Pampers, or you can hit record and you can give a piece of yourself. What, what feels better? What makes a better life on a daily basis for you? Amen. <clears throat> oh, well, let me think. Do we have any other? <laughs> Lena Voices says, therapy? Nope, didn't need that. Just needed to hear Deborah today. I feel the <laughs> same way. Um, someone asked earlier kind of how you structure your classes, and I thought I might speak to that just yeah, a little please. bit since yeah, I have, go ahead. I'm I have been in, so I have coached with Deborah privately and um, been in, I think I've done her masterclass four times. I think I've done it four times. And, yeah, but, um, but, 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 but the, the, that's the second, that's, that is the secondary work to that initial first experience. Yeah, the first of, class. Of, of what, what even is this? The first class is mandatory before you can do the master class, right? Yeah. Yeah, because it because that that feeling in that group setting is the basis of everything going forward. And the crazy thing, I don't I know I have a bunch of students here, but um the crazy thing is I always ask, I have people reach out to me a lot to say, Oh, can I I just want to do a private coaching? Can I do a private session? And I say, Well, I, I just really strongly suggest before I do any private coaching that you take my authenticity and voiceover class. And you'll you'll understand after. And then they take the class and then we'll have a session and, and I'll say, see, do you think there would be any way we could 
do this private session if you didn't take that class? And they say no, because it's this it's this sacred space opening of something completely different that isn't just a one-on-one coach and uh, and student kind you know thing. It is six people in a room together where we just allow ourselves to open up and discover something we didn't even know we needed to discover. Yes. You just said it beautifully. That's it. I mean, for me, it's about practicing making choices and knowing how to trust myself. And every time I take the class or the master class after, I find that my booking ratios jump. That And it's because I am truly free for a while. And then I always let the world creep back in. And we do. I mean, the world is screaming at us. The VO world is screaming at us. This is the right way. And you don't tell us a right way. You just help guide yeah. us to I ourselves. mean, the, se- the second you get in front of your mic and think there's a right way, I mean, what? I mean, think about it, not even emotionally, think about it logically. If you're taking the same classes as 90% of the other people are, and they're all told this is the right way, what do you think the producer, copywriter, director, what do you think they're listening to on the other side? Over and over and over and over and over and over again. Everybody doing it the right way. What do you think? You're going to do it the right way better than the other person doing it the right way? No. The only thing that you can do that nobody else can do is you. Let's just leave it there. The only thing that you can do that nobody else can do is you. That's it. Quote of the week. That's it right there. Uh, Deb, we have made it to an hour already. and. I, before we end, I, I just have to thank you so much for joining us. I, I love you. You know, I love you for y'all. Deb is the first voiceover person I met in real life <laughs> because I hadn't gone to any conferences before the pandemic because I had babies at home and I was busy with that and I just couldn't get away. And then the pandemic hit and I couldn't get out and I drove my son up to Boston and I stopped in New York and stopped at Deb's house and she just pulled me into a big hug. Like she is genuinely just as nice in real life as she is on Clubhouse. So just so you know. All right, Deb. Oh, God, I know. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. This is where I said, really, we have to end it in an hour? I don't want to go. <laughs> Does, if anybody has any questions we haven't answered that you want to throw out, other than are you going to be Atlanta? Because I don't think you are, right? No. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to ask you, while everybody's thinking of a couple of questions, if they have any last-minute ones. What singer, band, or composer are you enjoying right now? Like, what's your favorite to listen to? Oh, boy. Um, Wow, I've actually been hearkening to the past lately. Uh, There's some Crosby, Stills, and Nash because David Crosby's gone and just memories and things and the Counting Crows. Uh, August and everything after has just meaning for me. And I've just, uh, I've been listening to things recently that just pull on my heart. So yeah, that's what I've been listening to. 
awesome. You just won Jen's heart with the David Crosby. Um, <laughs> I just covered his song, one of their. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, Deb, you should go find it on. It's on. Is it on TikTok or Instagram? Uh, both. Jen? I just splatter it everywhere. It's so oh, good. Thank you. So good. Um, all right. What podcast have you been listening to lately? If you're a podcast girl. Yeah, this is where you're gonna hate me. I I've I. I've never listened to a podcast. Is everyone gonna just go <gasps> on no, right Tim now? Friedlander. No, you're the no. same. Tim Friedlander. Yeah. Tim said that to um our first week. He was like, Nope, don't listen to podcasts. I go for a ride on my Harley and just clear my head. So Yeah, I actually this is also another one. I'm a diehard Howard Stern fan. And when I have a moment driving, that's what I have. I have serious satellite on my on my uh, car. And that's what that's what I listen to when I'm driving. That's fabulous. See, that's like a podcast, just way cooler. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And last question, what is your favorite dessert? Oh boy. Um, oh gosh, I'm trying to do this keto thing, so you're killing me. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> um can it be a tie? Yeah. All right. Depending upon the day, I want to say rice put. Oh my god, rice pudding, good rice pudding. I'm really a cheesecake person, but cheesecake can be bad or good. So can rice pudding. But there's something about good rice pudding that I with whipped cream and cinnamon that I think I would take like amazing rice pudding before I would take amazing New York cheesecake. So I'm gonna say rice pudding. Ooh, rice pudding, that's yummy. <laughs> All right. Well, You're going to make me leave? Yes. Well, thank, we thank you so, so much for coming. We had, okay, 93 people show up. You were amazing and uh, well-loved for sure. Uh, and thank you guys in the audience for coming and supporting Deborah, supporting VOBB. Um, we appreciate it. Uh, before you go, please check the link pinned to the top of our page. Again, as we've said it before, our whole purpose in starting VOBB is to support working voice actors in the community. Uh, with the support of both Tim Friedlander and NAVA, the National Association of Voice Actors, we're hosting a t-shirt fundraiser now through February 20th, so you got a couple weeks, and all proceeds go to NAVA for scholarships for voice actors to attend conferences, coaching, um, workshops, et cetera. If you're not familiar with NAVA, we do hope you'll go check out their website. They are a nonprofit that supports voice actors. And JT, over to you. All right. We are excited to share that next week, our guest speaker will be Paul Schmidt, who's going to be discussing taking control of your VO career by using direct marketing to grow your business, which is something that I am in desperate need of. Um, please head over to boothbesties.com to submit your questions for Paul. We'll do our best to include them in the interview. Um, also, to keep the conversation going, be sure to connect with each of us on LinkedIn. Follow VOBB on Facebook and Instagram. Deborah, thank you so much for being here. And thanks to everyone who came tonight. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. And I just have to say this. Uh, this is going to seem so superficial, but I'm in an Instagram war with my daughter. So uh, if if you want to follow me on Instagram, <laughs> give me some credibility. <laughs> it's Deborah Sperling VO <laughs> because she's constantly watching my numbers. <laughs> We're on it. We're on it. <laughs> all right. Jay, Thank you all. Close us out. 
Guys, thank you. Thank you so much. There's nothing that makes me happier than being in this situation, answering questions and just like trying to just give back everything that's given so much to me. So thank you. I'm very grateful for being here tonight. Thanks, Deborah. Good night, everybody. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of VO Booth Besties. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Well, pretty much anywhere they're playing podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook so we can keep the conversation going. Video Booth Besties. Yeah, it's a thing. thing.